Here goes, and welcome to the 81st episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's up, bro? What's up, Woods? 81, mate. Jeez, we're getting up there now, aren't we? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Good to be here. Approaching our third full season, right? That's right. Yeah. Terrific work, man. Terrific work. It's been a pleasure. Okay. So, as always, Robbie... uh, Let's get into it, man. And uh, I know you got some special jerseys today, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about uh, what you want to showcase today? Got some long and forgotten jerseys about today, so I'm going to do a little bit different today, Woods. I'm not going to kind of talk about the players. I'm going to more actually talk about the jersey. So I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Well, so hanging behind me is um, a Rajon Rondo Green Boston Celtics Adidas sleeved jersey. So yes, the sleeved jerseys that everyone forgot about. Um, I'll stand up and show you the one I'm wearing, and I'll talk a little bit about the actual jersey. So one I'm wearing today is obviously one of my favorite all-time players, Josh Smith. It's a blue Detroit Pistons Motor City Adidas sleeve jersey. So if there's another one of these in Australia, I'd love to, to see it. There's probably not, but um, I'll just stand up and show you what these actually look like. Because with the Rondo one, it just almost looks like a shooting shirt, right? You can't see the, yes. you see the number on the side, but I'll just show you what this one looks like on the back. So Robbie just told the audience, those who can't see, he's wearing a blue Motor City Detroit Pistons Josh Smith jersey. Pretty cool. Pretty uh, cool. One of yeah. how many Josh Smith jerseys you've got? Oh, I don't know, well over 20. Well Pretty much got 20. all these teams, except for I think he played like three games at the Pelicans, and I went to get a jersey there, but it never happened. But I've got Josh Smith, Rockets, Clippers, Pistons, and then way too many Hawks jerseys. But um, anyway, um, all right, let's talk a little bit about these jerseys, Woods. So um, you probably remember them. They were worn between 2013 and 2017. Uh, safe to say they were not very popular. Um, so when Nike took over from Adidas in 2017, they advised they had no plans to continue with the sleeve jerseys. Um, now they're very much long and forgotten. Uh, I've got to say today, Woods, it's very cold in Sydney. It's, uh, what are we, Wednesday the 28th of June. It's like 10 degrees here, so it's actually nice to have the sleeve jersey on, but I can't imagine shooting in one of these things, so I can imagine why the players didn't like it. Um, so Golden State were actually the first team that wore these jerseys. Um, and Cleveland actually had some uh, some success in the, the 2015 run, I think it was, wearing them. Um, even though a few games that season where LeBron actually ripped the sleeves off because he found them so uncomfortable. Um, the first year they did them, the Christmas Day games actually brought out some pretty interesting quotes from some players there, Woods, which I just wanted to mention there. So yep. um, Steph Curry noted that they're ugly. Um, my man Dirk Nowitzki um, said, call me old school, but these sleeve jerseys are awful. Um, and then Robin Lopez, perhaps, is the one that went in a little bit harder than them. So he said there needs to be a mass burning of these sleeve jerseys. So <laughs> that was what Robin Lopez said there. So, um, yeah, look, sales were, were pretty low. Um, I think most people would generally consider this a bit of a failure. I don't think it's something we're going to see anytime soon. Um, like I said, I think they're good, like, you know, to almost like a T-shirt style thing to wear around. But can you imagine shooting woods with these sleeves that come down all the way like that? I, I think it would be really strange. And no wonder the players found it a bit of a shock there. Um, yeah, I just don't think it really sort of hit off with fans. They were actually more expensive than what a normal jersey was, maybe with the extra material there. So that probably turned a few people away. Um, 
want to ask your thoughts firstly, Woods, but also just for well, actually yep. viewers as well. I was say, if any viewers have got any of these shirts out there, you know, post them on socials. Let us know what you've got, what your thoughts were, and everything else like that. But yeah, what were your thoughts? I believe you don't own any, right? Uh no, I think I bought one for my brother, a Paul Gasol one. I think a Lakers one. Uh, maybe it was just a jersey, right? That, that you could buy, <laughs> right? That play, players didn't wear. But don't. I mean, for me, I always wear an undershirt underneath my singlet. Mm-hmm. You'll know you've played with me for years, right? So the yeah. whole having a shirt. A long sleeve while you're shooting doesn't bother me because I actually prefer, and you see in the college game, a lot of people do wear undershirts yeah. below their singlets, right? Um, sure, maybe not a hit with the players, but it's really nice for the fans to wear one one around, right? It's, it's and, like yeah. a soccer shirt sort of feel to it. That's what I find like that. I do kind of like this one, the Motor City one. This is actually really hard to get this one off the Detroit store. Um, Woods, I'll give you one guess. I've, I've got a third one of these jerseys, so three in my collection. If you can guess who the third one is, I'll be very impressed. I think you no chance of guessing. It's a bit of a random one. What team? Denver Nuggets. A little guy that I used to like that was playing around that era that's um, got very quickly booted out of the league. Um... Ty Lawson? Correct. Yes. Should be against the law, son. Yeah, so got a Ty Lawson uh, gotcha. yellow one somewhere in the cupboard. Yeah, so anyway, I just thought I'd talk about these. Something a bit different, but yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten about these jerseys now. I know I had. Um, this one's still got its tags on it, so obviously I've never worn this one. I actually might start start wearing this one a bit more now. It's probably something a bit more suitable for these uh, cold winter months as well. But, for um, sure. Yeah, I see you rocking a nice old school Pacers one there, so who you got for us? I'll just stand up and you can take the audience through it, Robbie. Nice. So Woods are standing up rocking the number seven, Indiana Pacers, Jermaine O'Neal. So I know that's someone that Woody was always a, a bit of a fan of. Um, what brand is that one, Woods? This is a... I don't even know, man. It's an Adidas. It's an Adidas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's good colors. Yeah, so um, Jermaine O'Neal, I mean, he's still playing in the big three. He played in the big three for a little while, didn't he? I think he might have stopped now. Big three starting in about the next week or so, by the way. You know I'm up on that. But I think he might not be playing anymore in that. Yeah. Right. So a little bit about Jermaine O'Neal had a successful high school career and declared his eligibility for the 96 NBA draft straight out of high school. Um, and at just 17 years of age, he was selected by the Portland Trailblazers with the 17th overall pick in the 1996 draft. And he had an 18-year career, which spanned... Uh, across uh, three decades uh, with the Portland Trailblazers, the Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Phoenix Suns, and Golden State Warriors. He was a six-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second-teamer in 2004, two-time All-NBA third-teamer, NBA's most improved player in 2002. Just a veteran who, who managed to, um, you know, had a few injuries and things along the way, but managed to stay the course and, and have an extremely long NBA career, I guess, one of the, um, the the black marks on his career was the uh, Malice in the Palace at, at Auburn Hill. So was Derek Coleman, who we spoke about last week, although Coleman wasn't as involved as what Jermaine O'Neill was. But yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, obviously, he, I think he, he, threw, he was the one who threw one of those big punches, right? And uh, mm-hmm. ended up getting suspended for 25 games. Yeah. I think Scott Pollard was saying that, look, that, that punch was really, really tough. Uh, really, really tough. And, and, and he surprised that the... The, the 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 fan that came on the on the court didn't get injured more right but mm-hmm. i mean that was a tough time for everyone but uh he came out of that and managed to finish off his career really well and and for a guy who came out of high school who had to learn the game from a young age um he really had a pretty good career didn't he 
Well, you're right about the three decades thing. I, I always sort of like the players that have played on that. I know Vince Carter's another one. So if people don't know what we mean by that, it means obviously played in the 90s, the noughties, and then whatever we call that next decade, the, the 10s. I don't know. I still yep. don't quite recall yep. what that is. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty unique, isn't it, to be playing that sort of time. And um, how many teams did you say he played for in the end? So he played for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. Yeah. yeah, so he probably bounced around a little bit more towards the end of it, didn't he? But he was always someone that played, the teams were always trying to get someone of his, you know, the, the way he sort of played the game back then as well. But no, I like that, liking that jersey. Awesome, awesome. So some great jerseys today. So let's get into the show, Robbie. Last week we had the 2023 NBA draft, right? And I gave us some homework for the week, right? The homework was... I'd like you to select three players in the first round and two players from the second round to speak a little bit about and the kind of impact they're going to have as a professional on their teams, what their strengths and weaknesses are, etc. So how'd you go with that, man? Hey, Woods, you're not going to tell me the dog ate your homework by any chance, though? Or you, you did yours, right? No, I did mine. I did mine. Right, nice. No, it was good. I sort of looked into it. Um, I've got to say, I didn't feel like I knew as many people from this draft as perhaps I previously did. I think, obviously, quite a few of the lottery picks we knew a fair bit about, but I think once it got past about maybe pick 20, there was definitely a few people like, right, legit, never never heard of that person there. But no, I enjoyed the little homework assignment. Um, I think we're going to go through what one by one with a, a couple of players from each round, like you said. So why don't you take it away? All right, cool. Well, my first homework assignment, I decided to talk a little bit about um, Scoot Henderson. So um, as we know, he went uh, pick three to Portland. Um it was an interesting one. I think until recently, people thought he would have gone at pick two, but it just turned out that the teams that had pick two and pick three in the draft, the Hornets and the Blazers, respectively, were both really set at point guard. So it was quite an interesting dilemma for both teams there. So the Blazers ended up picking him at pick three there. Um, look, there's someone we've known about for quite a while, right, Woods? There's been yep. a lot of hype about this guy. Um, you know, he's had two years in the G League. I think he played, what, in the... In the All Star game, in the what do they call that thing now yeah. with the Rising Stars, or whatever, with Rising the, Stars the G League team. Yep. yep. So, yep. certainly someone that's been on everyone's radars for a while. Um, from what I sort of gather with him, perhaps he didn't improve maybe as much as people expected in year two. Um, still had some big moments. Um, I think he's considered quite a big game player in big situations there, but. I just think there was a few, maybe parts of his game that he didn't improve on there. I think shooting something yep, that probably still needs sure. a bit of work there. Um, but either way, he's a very intriguing prospect at age 19. Um, look, I don't think it was the best case scenario for him going to a team like Portland, um, given that they've got a, a franchise player there in, in Dame. We're not sure what's going on with Dame. Will he, won't he stay? I'd probably lean towards more that he might stay. Um, one thing I did sort of think of, though, Woods, it's not going to be the first time that um, you know Dame's played in a sh- with a, you know another short backcourt partner there. He's obviously done with CJ over the years there. So, you know, perhaps they can make it work. Um, well, CJ pretty... can shoot, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? Um, that's that's the difference. Yeah. That's obviously, you know, he's got to put a lot of work into that scoop <laughs> there. But um, look, someone, I know you wanted us to sort of give a bit of a player comparison there. The one that I've sort of seen a few people saying, and I can see it is a little bit there, and it's one of his idols as well. It's Russell Westbrook. So right. um, a little bit there, you know, obviously that, that speed and, and sort of getting people going downhill and everything. And obviously the shot needs a bit of work there. So that was my first homework um, assignment there. I'm looking forward to see how this guy goes, though. Um, I think Portland did pretty well in the draft with the three picks they got. They, um, I believe they got the brother of um, uh, the Sacramento player who, whose name I'm uh, blanking on, um, the draft pick from last Keegan year. Keegan Murray's brother. Yeah, so they got his, bro- uh, his brother, and obviously they got a, another yeah. player that I'm going to be talking about later on in this little chat there. So, yeah, nice. Well, why well, don't you take it away with your first? Well, f- f- well, just to finish off there, if Portland does mm-hmm. keep Damien Lillard, he can learn a lot from da- Damien Lillard, yeah, right? So that, that's great. Yeah, Derek Rose comparisons there have come up as well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so look, I was going to kick off with 
Victor Wemby, but I thought maybe I'll start off with Brandon Miller because you talked about the fit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the Hornets picked Brandon Miller because he's a better fit than than Scoot, right? Yeah. Um, and look, you talk about Brandon Miller. He's an extremely talented 6'9", 3'4", man with a lanky frame. Um, he's got good length and his athleticism is okay. He's, he has an intriguing scoring arsenal, right? He can shoot the ball um, over many wings due to his size. He can also operate in the mid-range and occasionally in the post as well. I mean, he's a sniper from distance and that's what Charlotte need, right, Robbie? Um, he's got a quick release. Um, his range is well past the NBA three-point line, whether spotting up through screens or pulling up off the dribble. His size on the perimeter makes him effective at you know sticking contested shots, right? And and the Hornets are really going to benefit from that, playing alongside someone like Lamelo Ball. Some things that he needs to work on are, um, though he has you know let's say above average athleticism, he lacks great burst and explosiveness. Sometimes he has a hard time se- separating off the dribble and has to take contested shots. Doesn't get to the rim that much in the half court offense. Nothing more than a decent leaper, let's say. And he, he doesn't convert amongst the trees in, in traffic, right? So these are the, the areas that he really needs to work on. Um, Brandon Miller obviously picked second for, um, with, from the Hornets. Um, yeah, I like his upside there. And uh, I was going to say with the player comparison, I'm going to go with someone like Paul George, right? You know, probably yeah. Paul George slightly more athletic, but yeah. similar sort of game to Paul George, right? You can see why he went so high. I think there's a lot of good point guards in the league these days, right? So a lot of teams have got point guards. So I do think that 3-4 type position is one of those ones that a lot of teams are trying to improve on. I don't think there's as many... I mean, you see even when we play fantasy, right? There's always guards everywhere, but the forward spots, they're always a little bit harder to fill, right? So, For sure. Yeah, apparently he really impressed MJ in the second workout. I think the first workout, they're a little bit unsure, but the second workout he had with the Hornets there went, obviously went really well. So, no, he's going to be an exciting one to watch. And he might replace Bridges, who... You know, I spoke about yep. last week. I was looking to replace that type of position as well. So, yep. yeah. All right. Well, why don't you move on to your, to your second right. first round? So second one. So, um, look, I'm a bit of a, a French theme uh, coming up here. So, I'm going to talk about Bilal Koulibaly. So, definitely one of the better names in the draft there, Woods. Um, so, he went to Washington at pick seven via the Pacers. So, again, going back to last week, what was one of those things I said? I said Washington have got a track record of picking international players. So, yep. I myself a little pat on the back of my sleeve jersey for that one there. Um, So this is an interesting one. He was someone that probably wasn't on a lot of people's radars even a couple of months ago. Um, I think it definitely helped that he was a teammate of Wemby there. So much, um, obviously, scouting occurred, you know, watching that that team there. And I think probably people sort of realised, okay, this guy's got some talent as well, and they started watching him a little bit more. Um, From all accounts, he's apparently a really hardworking player and a good person as well. So I think um, that was something that intrigued people there. Yep. He's still a little bit of an unknown player there. Um, He's certainly expected to be a quality defender straight away. Um, I think, um, you know, they'd they'd like for him to eventually be a a really high-level 3 and D type player. Um, And look, honestly, with this Wizards team at the moment, Woods, he could get minutes straight away. He could actually take some minutes away from your boy Cooks as well, which maybe wasn't the best thing for for Cooks there. But, um, yeah, I I quite like the pick there. They actually, um, they gave up quite a bit to get him, didn't they? They really wanted him, Washington. I think they gave away two second-rounders just to move up one spot there, which is obviously show that they were pretty high on this guy. Um, Probably the best player comparison I've seen so far. It's not like a, a... a big name there, but it's someone like OG Ananobi, yep. um, someone that if you can play that sort of style. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to see how it will go. He's, he's got some some interesting highlight uh, packages as well. So, yeah, Bilal Koulibaly, definitely a good name there as well. He's going to get the opportunity to play in Washington, who are in a rebuild at the For moment. Sure. So he can learn from some of his mistakes and play through them and not get dragged, right? Because yeah. Washington are in that rebuilding phase. So I think it's a good fit for him, right? Mm, no, definitely. 
All right, from one Frenchman to another, right? We have to talk about Wemby, Victor Wembenyama. I've right? heard of this guy, right? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so number one overall pick for the Spurs. A generational talent, right? The sky is the limit for, for Wemby, right, Robbie? Oh, absolutely. Really excited. I'll be watching more Spurs game this coming season probably than I've watched in quite a few years, I must say. Well, he has rare potential for a center in today's NBA. Amazing size for his position with unprecedented length, including a wingspan measuring eight feet, right? Remarkable coordination for a player of his size, which is hard to see. Um, and also his length and age, right? Surprisingly agile and fluid for a human being that big. Um, yeah. You don't see that often. A jaw-dropping physical uh, fe- specimen, uh, a supreme athlete with hand-eye coordination and dexterity at that size, which is, it, it is really a unicorn. He runs the floor like a deer, has long strides and covers a lot of ground and finishes plays with a with, with solid bo- body control. So these, are, these, these intangibles are just amazing. If you want to talk about some areas that he can improve, he, he has bulked up consider, considerably over the last year, but he still needs to add some muscle to his frame. I mean, we've seen past players with his size um, and the health of, of, of large big men. You know, you talk about Chris Stapp's Pozingas comes to mind, right? It'll always be uh, uh, a concern and curtails his, ceiling to, uh, curtails his ceiling to an extent, right? If he gets Chet, injured. Chet Holmgren as well last year. You know, Correct. Similar sort of body type. They're not as big, obviously. But, yeah. Correct. Already has three minor injuries that resulted in missing playing time this last year. So he has mm-hmm. to add strength to, to his um, torso without actually losing mobility. So I think having the, um, the Spurs um, backroom staff who will help him is going to be a, a big advantage to him. You talk about NBA player comparisons. I'm going to go with Ralph Sampson, one of the twin towers for Houston back in the day, right? Ralph Sampson, I mean, he played in a different era, but he had some of those skills. Um, that... I will say, though, was Ralph Sampson never took a shot outside of the key. But, yeah, probably, like, had he been playing in this era now, it would have been good. Correct, so, but he was no, able, to put, saying, he was able yeah. to put the ball on the floor, you know, get a rebound and, and handle the ball, Ralph Sampson, right? He didn't need to back then, but... yeah. If there's a comparison, I'm going to go with that, right? Ah, true. Hey, I love those photos even this week at the Spurs facility with Sean Elliott, David Robinson, um, Tim Duncan. Seeing him next to David Robinson, so I always had David Robinson listed as 7-1. I'm not sure. 7-1, yep. He was like towering over him. Even the (laughs) the whole photo of all the draft picks there where he's in the middle behind Adam Silver, it's just ridiculous how tall this guy is. So, yeah, really excited to watch this guy play. I think he's going to make an immediate impact on the defensive end. I think that's going to be a big thing there. Um, Absolutely. Interesting to see how his offense goes. Um, Not sure. Who's running the point with the Spurs these days? Who's going to be feeding this guy? Um, Trey Jones? So is yeah, it? so yeah. they, they kind of lack that real gun type point guard, don't they? But I mean, look, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see him. I think league pass ratings for the Spurs <laughs> this next season are going to be at an all time high there. So, yeah. um, will you be buying a Wemby jersey? Would Hell you? yeah, man! Yeah, nice. nice. Hell yeah, got it. All right, so let's move on. Who was the third selection you right, made in so the first round? Yeah, my round. third and last in the first round I wanted to talk about. Um, probably a name that people were a bit more familiar with there, and that was uh, Cam Whitmore, who went yep. pick number 20 to Houston. So this was an interesting one, wasn't it? So he was someone that was expected to potentially go in the top five or six picks. So um, I think even a month ago, people were saying he was going to be a top six pick. Um, apparently, reportedly had some... Pretty poor workouts, um, some questionable interviews, and there's also a couple of medical concerns there. So it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, when you factor in all three of those? He's not interviewing sure. well, he's not working out well, perhaps there's some um, some issues um, injury-wise as well. So, look, it really scared off a few teams there. But I quite like what Houston have done there. We know they're sort of building up a very young team there. They've got some, some quality players there that I think are going to be better this season. Obviously, it's getting that extra year under their legs there. But um, he's certainly got an NBA-ready body. That's the sure first thing he can 
yeah. notice about this guy. So I think he can come in and be a great defender straight away. Um, I think improvement um, on his shot will be the big thing he'll need to work on there, and that will d- probably depend on his work ethic there. So that's perhaps a question mark how he'll go with that. Um, I think if he can, you know, he might sort of be one of those players that has a bit of a chip on his shoulder now. Obviously, sliding from pick five to pick 20 can, you know, be the, a big difference in, in potential earnings there for sure. So he might have that chip on his shoulder and come out and then really fire straight away. Um, player comparison for this one, maybe a little bit of a, a reach there given this guy's an All-NBA second player, but maybe Jalen Brown, maybe that's yep. a similar sort of role there. Um, hopefully he's got some better ball handling skills than Jalen Brown because we know they're pretty ordinary. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to see how it will go. I quite liked watching Houston towards the end of last season, you know, guys like Green and, and even um, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jabari and those sort of guys. So they continue to get younger there. They possibly need some veteran sort of guys there that might keep these guys in line. But, yeah, I'll be, be interested to see how uh, Mr. Whitmore goes. Yeah, once again, it's a good good spot for him, so he can mm. learn on the job, right? And he'll get his opportunity yeah. to play right away. So, for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for my last one for the first round, yeah, last one for the first round. Yep, I went with Jed Howard, the eleventh pick of the Orlando Magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were surprised that he got taken so high, but I've I've done a lot of research and watched a lot of footage on on Jed Howard and. Uh, Look, he's a physically gifted swingman who stands at a legitimate 6'8", 215 with a good frame that should have little problem matching up on the wing at the pro level, right? He's a floor spacer. You know, shooting comes at a premium these days in the NBA, Robbie. Um, he likes to shoot from the perimeter. So that, that, that fits well in, into Orlando, who have got a lot of ball handlers there as well. He moves well without the ball and can be dangerous hitting shots when navigating screens and handoffs. Um, but I think, as I said, he'll have a role to play at the Magic right away. But much like Brandon Miller... He lacks a little in the way of athleticism and explosiveness. Mm-hmm. He won't strike fear into NBA defenders off the dribble, particularly in like an isolation environment, and usually needs a ball screen or a running start to generate the momentum to get downhill or into the paint. He doesn't get all the way into the paint, similar to Brandon Miller, and he struggles to finish among, among the tall, tall guys. So these are some areas that he can improve on. If I'm going to go with a player comparison for Jed Howard, I would thought about this. I'll go with Doug McDermott, Doug McBuckets from San Antonio, right? Yeah. Um, seen, seen a bit of Jet? Or? A little bit. Oh, you didn't mention that Jawan Howard's his dad there, so I'm wondering oh, yep, if yep. I know that one. Okay, yep. Of course. Yep, right. yep, so, yep, yep. Well, look, for me, Woods, you know I'm a Michigan fan in college and I loved Jawan Howard back in the day, so I'm going to definitely be sort of supporting this guy. He's someone I'm excited yep. to see straight away. Um, look, I've heard a few people almost comparing to a, a younger Devin Booker as well. Um, not quite sure. There's obviously... You know, a little bit of um, Tevin Book is a, a, almost a superstar, you'd say, these days. So he's got a little bit to work on for there. But no, I'm looking forward to see how we'll go. And that Orlando team, they've got some real weapons, don't they? Yeah, for sure. And they're young and, and you know, up and coming. And, you, th- you know, they're going to start making a little bit more of an impact this year with the roster they have, yeah, I think. No, right? Agreed, agreed. Yeah. All right, let's go to the second round. All right. Um, I asked All you right. to think about some flyers, some, some steals in that second round. Yeah. So we decided we'd go with two of those. So who's the first one in the second round you decided sure. to choose? So look, I thought I'd have to talk about um, Rayan Rupert, if I'm For pronouncing sure. that well in that French accent. Um, if you're like a real Aussie sort of bogan, you'd say it's Ryan Rupert, right? But no, we'll say it in the, in the French sort of way there. So he went at pick 42 to Portland. Um, obviously, you know, most people following this show will know that he was a, an NBL next star last year for New Zealand. Um, I'm looking forward to see how he'll go as well. He's probably someone that, look, he was okay in the NBL last year. I don't think he, he reached any great heights there. But let's not forget, he also played on a really deep team and a team that went really far as well. So he wasn't expected to contribute. Had three really great imports around him last year as well. But, look, apparently Portland are absolutely thrilled to get this guy. Um, 
He was someone that was in the green room, Wood, so that's normally someone that's expected to go yeah. in the pot, maybe top 20 picks or so. So he was the last one left there. So would have been a little bit of a nervous wait going through to pick 42 there. But, um, look, I see him as someone that can come in and play, you know, instant defense straight away. Agreed, um, yeah. Combining with someone like um, Aussie Matisse Theibel as well. So I think those two guys will be great playing behind Dame and Scoot there. They've got, they've got length, um, they're physical. So I think that's a good sort of... Um, good mix to play with those sort of, you know, smaller guards that I mentioned there. Yeah, looking forward to see how we go. We know he's got some good pedigree there. I think his sister either played or still plays WNBA. I'm and plays for France as well. Yeah, and his dad was apparently, you know, an absolute gun as well. So um, I've probably been a little bit lazy with my player comparison. Um, just, and I'm going to say fellow Frenchman Nick Batum. Oh, that's, that's uh, no, I, I do say, like that. So he probably does need to work on his three-point shooting, but let's face it, I don't think Nick Batum was the three-point shooter that he is now no. when he first came out. He was a good distributor, good defenders. He had, you know, ridiculously long arms. Hey, so, where did yeah. Nick Batum start? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good comparison, isn't it? And I believe <laughs> they're from the same the same area, like Le Mans, I think, in, in France as well. So it's pretty cool. That's great. Well, tell me something. Do you think he's going to spend a bit of time in the G League this year? He, he might not... Get a, yeah. a rotation minutes right away, correct? Possibly. I don't think they're the deepest team as well, Paul. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he if his defense is as, as legit as we think it is. Maybe he won't play in the G League. Maybe he will potentially play a lot of lot of minutes on that team there. But like I said, I like that fit with him and Matisse Thibel there. They'll both probably. I'm assuming um, they'll both come off the bench. Thibel and I started a few games late yep. last year, but it brings some real you know defensive effort and, and athleticism off that bench there. So yeah, looking forward to see how he goes for sure. And I guess we always have a soft spot for these guys that you know. For sure. Play in the NBL, don't we? We always follow their careers a little bit more, and that's probably a little bit of a segue for someone that you might be talking about next. Yeah. Fine, let me move from one ex, uh, well, one NBL alumni to another. I'm going to talk about Mojave King. He was the 47th pick of the Lakers, but then got traded to the Pacers on on draft night. Robbie, yeah. by all reports, he's going to be stashed overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he, we know him. He's a bulky shooting guard. He's got good size. Has all the necessary tools to become like a three and D player at the pro level. Um, we've seen him, as I said, here in NBL, and at times he was unplayable with Cairns under Mike Kelly and also in Adelaide with CJ. I know he's had a solid G League season, Robbie, last year, but yeah. I'm still not convinced he's an NBA player. As I said, the, the, the Pacers are going to stash him overseas, but it, it remains to be seen whether he'll actually see the NBA hardwood. He really needs to improve in certain areas. He's not an elite athlete, we know that. He needs a lot of work as a facilitator. See, if he has some ball handling capabilities and he polishes them up, you know, he's going to be a bit more versatile and maybe they can move him to the one sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that's required in, 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 in the NBA these days. You've got to be flexible. He's a below-average pull-up shooter despite having a clean jump shot. His decision-making needs a lot of work. So he's prone to commit turnovers. We've seen that before. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to go way back and go with a player comparison here with Greg Buckner. You remember Greg Buckner? Wow, that's really good. Far back. Three yeah, and D yeah. guy, similar size, similar mm-hmm. frame. Um, could do some of the basics right, but was very limited in, in in being able to do more. So he's going to have to work on his game. Greg Buckner wouldn't have survived in today's NBA, right? He was able to do that in, in the early two thousands, but yes. And I said to you on the weekend as well, was I said I always thought he was Aussie and not a Kiwi. And you sort of clarified, said, look, he's one of these players. He is born in New Zealand, but I believe he has. Was he raised in Australia and played? At the age of seven, his father came and got a job working with Queensland basketball, and he stayed there till he was eighteen. So he spent Mm -hmm. from the age of seven to eighteen, nineteen. in, in Australia, right? And yeah. he has said in the past that he would like to represent Australia. So it's one of those things like Aaron Baines is a New Zealander for years, right? Mm. Until the, the, the commentators in the US saw him playing for Australia and realized he's actually Aussie. So um, I'm sure he can commit to either either country, though, if he chooses to in the future. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, for my last one there, I decided to talk about someone that went at pick 49. It's someone that's a little bit well-known because he was very highly regarded. So that's Amoni Bates, who was yeah, pick 49 to Cleveland there. Um, he was a player that some people didn't even know if he'd get drafted would. So to go at pick 49 probably wasn't too bad an effort. Um, as I said, he was uh, considered top five in his class a couple of years ago um, coming out of high school there. So very highly regarded player. Um, he ended up dealing with some injuries, um, struggled to find his fit a little bit at the college level. Um, also had several off-court issues, which sort of clouded things a little bit there. Yep. So, um, look, he's very tall and lanky. I know body-wise, he's been compared to Brandon Ingram. Um, he's six foot nine and about eighty-five kilos, which is just amazing. Um, so he's certainly got a lot of work to do on his body. And also one of those players that he's not the, the real high-flying sort of guy. There, um, he does have some scoring potential. I think that could eventually make him into a decent six-man, but. I'd say he's a real candidate, um, even though the Cavs are needing these sort of players to, to spend a bit of time in the G League this yep. year. Um, look, I, I didn't have much of a player comparison with this one, Woods, so I actually went on a website to find it. So it's the first one I kind of didn't get myself. But people are comparing it to Brandon Boston. So a bit of a wow. round one there. <laughs> exactly. A bit strange, I know. But, um, yeah, interesting. As I said, he was a, a, almost a household name a couple of years ago um, and, and just things didn't quite work out. You know, you know, injuries and a few sort of off-court things, like I said, but... Hopefully things turn out for him and he continues to, to work on his game and, and finds an NBA career. Interesting storyline, you know. Let, let, let's see how it plays out, right? Yeah. Second round's always hit and miss, right? So, you know, sure. if you can find a steal there, then that, so that, that, that's great, Robbie. Thanks for that. Thanks for those five as well. So, look, the last one I'm going to go with is Lennon Miller for the Timberwolves, okay? Um, he was pick number 33 from memory, if I'm not mistaken. Let's have a look here. 33rd pick for the Timberwolves, right? Yeah. Um, Miller is a long six foot ten with uh, nicely developing strength, and he should only continue to fill out this f- uh, frame as he develops further in the NBA. He's a solid run and jump athlete that's most effective on the move. Has plenty of success as a rim runner, so he can run the floor, get up and down the floor really quickly before other big guys. Um, he did a great job of finishing around the hoop um, in college. Also shows good timing as a cutter and when operating as a roller in the screening game, being someone who can chip in with easy points, having plays not directly call for him. So that's that's great, you know, an advantage mm-hmm. there. He'll probably spend a lot of time in the G League in his first season before being a solid contributor as his career progresses. Who knows what's going to happen there with the two big guys, right? Um, Rudy and, and Kat, we don't know what their future is. So he might get an opportunity to make more of an impact in, in year two, but still getting the opportunity to learn from those two, two veterans in, in, his, in his first year. What he needs to work on is his offensive skill set. He's pretty raw. And, and some of the, his fundamentals need, need to be refined, particularly in the half court. Struggles as a four-play, so he can't really shoot the ball from deep. He has a slow mechanical shooting form um, that, that leads to flat misses. Um, and, you know, he's inconsistent footwork getting um, into his shot when spotting up. So these are some things that he can work on. But this is a guy that I think fell a little bit further than a lot of people expected. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with Andre Blash as, as, a, as a player comparison there. You know, I'm right? a big fan of Mr. Blash, yeah. When I'm, actually, I'm going to rock his jersey. This reminded me. I've been thinking about wearing that for ages because I think I might be the only one with an Andre Blatch jersey. Uh, I yeah. knew you'd like that. I had a few player comparisons, but I said I'll bring up Andre Blatch's name because Robbie would like that, right? Nice. The Philippines like him as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. That's great, man. Some really insightful um, uh, analysis there, Robbie. I really appreciate that. Now, this draft overall, it's not looking as strong as drafts previously. We'll have to see how it plays out and what kind of future some of these guys have, right? For sure. Yep. All right, so let's go around the grounds really quickly, shall we? Mm, sounds good. You've been keeping your eye on the FIBA Women's Asia Cup? 
Yeah, so I've watched the first two games so far. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to watching the, the big game tonight, isn't it? So we mentioned it's Wednesday the 28th, so Australia play Japan tonight. Um, look, it does seem like it's really a three-horse race, doesn't it? It's sort of, you know, Japan, China and Australia and everyone else is, is way down there. Um, but, yeah, I've liked what the Opals have shown in those first few games. Now it's obviously a bit of a new-look team. Um, a couple of the girls there I have sort of hadn't seen a lot of in the past. I think Horvat being one, being yep. one of them there, she's been really impressive. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been good to watch. And I think, like we said, was they've got so much more of an appreciation for women's basketball. Absolutely. We'll talk a little bit about that more when we talk some NBA one. But yeah, just really enjoy the you know, yeah, it's 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 below the ring. It's totally different than the men's game, but it's still a really enjoyable product to watch. So yeah, hopefully they can go all the way. I believe you're going on the weekend, are you, to the semis? Or? I am. I'm going to the semis, both semifinal games, the qualifier yeah. and the two semifinal games, which is going awesome. to be nice with some yeah. of our friends from the basketball community. So it's going to be really fun. And we encourage anyone who listens to this, get out there on Saturday or, or Sunday. I'm sure you can still get tickets. I think Sunday's and, and out, Sunday sold out, is it? Okay, yeah. so Saturday you can still get out there. Go and watch the game. So uh, you get a day pass and it's going to be good out at, um, uh, out, out at Humbush, right? So, sure. Yeah. And it's not at Kudos Bank Arena. It's at the uh, other stadium, right? The, um, the key right arena. Right in front of P3, I think it is. Yeah, the key arena, arena right? A, you know, stone's throw away from that car park there, so easy one to get to. Yeah. Awesome. Big game tonight. Looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about some trades, man. I'll let you wax lyrical. John Collins to the Utah Jazz, man. How does that make you feel? Mate. I'm still pretty down about it, as you can imagine. Oh, um, man. You know, those regulars, you know, know how passionate I am about the Hawks. And, and JC is my favorite, well, was my favorite Hawks player. So it's not the normal sort of trade, trade there. As much as I love Trey, John Collins has always been someone that I've just loved playing. Um, I said to you today, it's still kind of sinking in for me, as much as it wasn't a shock because he's been in these rumors for quite some time now. Um, probably quite disappointing to see what we got for it there. But obviously, that's the, the market that we're in now. Um for me, probably, yeah, people do talk about his contract there. I think it went a little bit, um, you know, above that sort of figures there. I think he was such an important uh, part of that Hawks team. He was the glue. He was the heartbeat for their team. Um, he was someone that was just such a good teammate. It was something that even, you know, my daughter and I would watch yep. there. He'd be the first person off the bench. He could be getting benched the whole second half. If there was a timeout, he'd be the first one off the bench going and showing love to the guy that's playing in front of him. It's very rare in this sort of league now. So absolutely love the guy's attitude. Um yeah, going to miss him, to be honest. I think he was never quite the same after that finger injury Correct. that he had. Um, yep. That did impact his shooting and the shooting percentages there. Um, would have loved if we can kept uh, could have kept him. I understand it is a business, this league. Um, the thing that does worry me with the Hawks is they have shown that history of being cheap in the past. So, you know, a few people have said, oh, maybe they're going to try and throw money at Jalen Brown or something. Look, I'd love if they did, but knowing what the Hawks are like, they're probably just trying to get under the, you know, the paying that luxury for the, the salary yes. cut that next year. And this is obviously, you know, did that. Getting Rudy Gay, I mean, honestly, like I actually liked Rudy Gay Woods 15 years ago. So um, I don't even know whether he'd make the roster, to be honest. I mean, he averaged five points and shot, you know, less, you know, less than forty percent last year. So, I'd be, you know, would you put him on the roster ahead of some of the rookies we've drafted this year? I'd say possibly doubtful. We yeah. might, we well, might end up getting rid of him, but we'll see. Having a veteran at the end of the bench doesn't hurt, right? So, uh, um, I was going to rock my John Collins jersey today, almost as a bit of a thank you, but I had these ones planned. But yeah, it's, it was a sad day. Um, yeah, I took it pretty hard. I've got to say, Woods. I sort of was sitting on the bus yesterday and checked it out. I'm like, oh my god! And then literally, my phone just started blowing up, getting all these messages ten minutes later. So, nah, I really appreciate well, all JC, these calls. You know, thanks, thanks for your service, right? He definitely, he'll definitely be listening to this, Woods. So yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for all your gifts, <laughs> Jason. Yep. For sure, for sure. Okay, so let's move. Um, 
to the Boston Celtics, who had a huge trade. Mm. Um, getting Chris Tapps, the Zingas, uh, KP came over there. Marcus Smart going to the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. Uh, Tyus Jones then to the Wizards, along with uh, Mike Mascala and Daniela Gallinari, right? Yeah. Three-way trade. So yeah. let's talk about the impact. Let's, let's talk at, start at Memphis. What kind of impact is Marcus Smart going to have in Memphis? probably change the scenery would be good for him and he was one of those players that had been with his team you know a long time i think it was eight or nine seasons nine seasons watch AC, yep. been with the yep. Hawks, yeah so it'd be interesting him going to memphis i'm not sure about that if they plan on starting him if you can start someone you know um like him um jamarant um they've got a lot of non-shooters on that team i've got to say and people will say look marcus Smart can get hot yeah he can get hot sometimes but then he can brick it up for about a month after that so um you give them some toughness, that's for sure. They're going to have some great defenders in that team. You've got, you know, Stephen Adams. You've got the the reigning defensive player of the year in, in um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Now you've got uh, Marcus Smart there. So, yeah, I think it's all right for, for Memphis there. But I think it was probably all about Boston, wasn't it? They clearly got the best, the best player in this trade. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's another really good option for them. If, if Paul Zingas can stay healthy and stay motivated there, I mean, he's a huge part to have. And let's not forget, you know, Boston did give up uh, – a really high, highly regarded point guard there. They've also got some pretty good point guards. They've got Malcolm Brogdon. They've got the forward. They've also got Peyton Pritchard, who I think they tried to find a few more minutes for. So they're still really loaded at that position there. To give up guys like Gallo, who never actually played a minute for the Celtics there, and get someone back in Porzingis, I think they've done pretty well there. Yeah. Look, the the thing is that point guard position. Malcolm Brogdon, obviously the sixth man, has an uh, you know an injury history. Could mm-hmm. there be a case to you know start? Derek White as a point guard, you know. Yeah, or, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he really sort of came on in those playoff games, didn't he? He had some really good games there. He's a, a good defender as well, so you're not missing out on anything with him in, in that sort of regard there. So, yeah, why not play him? Let him sort of distribute more. I mean, you don't want Jalen Brown handling the ball, assuming they bring him back. But, um, yeah, it's going to be strange seeing Paul Zingas playing in that Boston um, you know, uniform there. But And Washington, I guess, just not quite sure you know, what they're doing. They're clearly just you know getting rid of salary. Like we said last, year, uh, last week, it's a year too late. Yep. They wanted to sort of get in the Wemby sweepstakes. I should have done that earlier. But, um, yeah, Jones, I think, will put up big big um, stats for him at the point guard there. But, yeah, it was it was a pretty decent trade, wasn't it? Yeah, I like it. I like it. They probably still need to go out and get one more ball handler point guard potentially, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you don't know what's going to happen with Brogdon. But I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, with Al Horford getting a bit older, you know, it, 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 posting this is a good acquisition there. So, yeah, yeah, I like to see how that plays out. All yeah. right, let's move down under, all right? all the way to Sydney. Mm. And let's welcome Sydney's new coach. Let me get this right. Mahmoud Abdul Fateya. Right? Comes with a history, coaching in the G League. Very experienced. Seems like a nice guy. Did you listen to him on the Huddle podcast? Yeah, it's very impressive. I thought it was Fatah, but I could be wrong. You're, it's you're, you're the King, you're, okay, well, you're the Kings fan, so I'm going to trust you on that one. But no, look, he was he was really um, really good on that podcast. I thought um, very high pedigree coach. You know, he's coached G League titles there. He's a, a Rockets assistant coach last year in the NBA. So yeah, Sydney certainly spend their money on these coaches, don't they? They've shown that over the last few years. Um, but no, I think he's going to really fit in well with the team and be a very passionate and, and a good leader. I think. Yeah, I like it. I like it. his signing and his attitude seems great. So yeah. we're happy to welcome him to the Harbour City. So yeah. let's stay in Sydney for a second. Alex Tui. I know he's someone you've had yeah. big ups on. It's a well, huge not, signing for us. You know right? I'm all over that one, Wood. So yeah, yeah, for those that don't know, he's actually absolutely starred for COE this year in the NBL 1 East, which yep. I'm, you know, it's a, I'm proud to say I'm a, you know, a, a commentator and sort of 
really follow that NBL one East closely. So his brother, James, too, he's been playing for Canberra for a couple of seasons, um, a very good player as well. But yeah, I think that was, that was good work there. So he had actually... Um, committed to Gonzaga, who's one of the you know the big name colleges over there. They're always you know making the elite you know elite eight or you know the Sweet Sixteen, everything else like that. Yep. So you actually um, I forget what the word is, but when you basically say when you break up with them, say sorry sort of thing. So yeah, the Kings, I believe they got it all sort of wrapped up pretty quickly there, and he's he's going to stay here. So I think that's a really big coup. Um, I, I know yeah, see how we are playing Hills in a few weeks, Wood. So we'll have to go to that one. You get to For see sure. him. I get to see Ben Henschel, who signed with the Wildcats. So we both yep. get to see some young. T- talent that'll be on our teams next season but no I think that's a really good good move for the Kings there I think he's got a really bright future yeah I agree with you and and really excited to to watch him and how he develops this year um now staying with Sydney at the moment a little bit of a a reunion happening with DJ Vasilovic being uh signed by the Wizards uh, Wizards Summer League team so you're gonna have Xavier Cooks and DJ Vasilovic teaming up in the Summer League this year did you know that I saw a headline today I think it was Aussie Hoopla maybe shout out to them that's saying he DJ might be signing in Europe, so I'm not sure if you've heard any more about that. So I don't know about the um, Europe signing, but I know he's going to be playing in the G League. I wouldn't be surprised. It makes sense, right? Yeah, and possibly. He's got, we can be a local over there, can't he? Yeah, he's got that, that, that advantage. So, yep. Yeah, interesting. But no, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm really looking forward to the Summer League. I know it's not the best type of basketball, but there's so many names that we know on those rosters. It's kind of funny when players from your own team are there, though, would so you find. So, like Keanu Pinder's there, I'm like, can you play well but not too well that someone wants to sign you there? Because I want you in that Wildcats jersey. So. Well, you took the word out of my mouth. Very yeah. well deserved. He's representing the Phoenix Suns in the Summer League, if I'm not mistaken. KP, okay. Keanu yep. Pinder. Yep. So, um, really happy to see how that goes. And with the with the spacing in the NBA, I think he's going to thrive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he'll be doing some good highlight, highlight reels in those uh, Summer League games. I would have thought if he actually gets the ball, of course. Uh, for sure. Or if he gets <laughs> court time. Anyway, mm. let's move on to the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. They've actually closed out their roster. They've acquired Marcus Lee, Jordan Crawford, and Majok Deng. I think they also recently uh, got Junior Madut locked up, right, officially. So their roster's complete for the season. We know what Marcus Lee offers. Tell me a little bit about Jordan Crawford with an O end. Yeah? Mate, Jordan Crawford's even shorter than you, and you're pretty short, Wood. So um, <laughs> that's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, look, he's a veteran player. Apparently, he plays with a lot of toughness and a lot of heart there. So perhaps the height thing won't be you know, as much of a hindrance as it probably sounds on paper there. But yeah, I think he's going to be a good player for them. I'm obviously a little bit sad to see Josh Majek go, but they've um, they've recruited really well this offseason, I think. It was great to get Milton, Toyle, Milton Doyle back. Probably hasn't got as much press as maybe it should have there, given how how good he was last year um and and yeah as, as you said majok Deng as well um, i think he'll probably fit in well in that situation veteran there. yeah and um we're never quite sure with will magno right with his injury history there so exactly. i think getting getting marcus lee's it was a no-brainer there i have a feeling a lot of teams would have tried to have gotten Mar- marcus lee as well, for sure so very good effort we would have taken him at the kings right yeah i was actually thinking he could have been a good one for the kings yeah. and uh, you made a really good point there talking about will magnay's questionable injury history mm. marcus lee's perfect the kind of yep. role he played there with isaac humphreys you know injuries up up in the air last year for melbourne marcus lee was so important for that united team down the stretch right yeah so he can play that same role here actually interesting to say jordan crawford came out and spoke about it. the three of them uh the three imports um have all had a history together Milton doyle himself and Marcus Lee, but whether it be playing against each other in college or in, 
in um, the G League or in Europe, they've all come across each other and they know each other pretty well. And Jordan cool. Crawford actually tried to recruit Marcus Lee to come play with him in Europe recently, and, and, it, and it fell through. So he's looking forward to. So some of those players, players might have got some of those referral bonuses. And you know, right. people in these nine to five jobs, if you refer someone, you mate, they get a job. You might get five hundred bucks or something. So maybe that happened there. You know, right. And you mentioned just before we move on, Jordan Crawford. He's a, he's a German, well traveled, played all around the world. So he 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 can fill in for those. Those, sh- those big shoes uh, Josh Majette has left, having yeah, that He's old probably got small shoes, but no, I agree. He can fill those big shoes at the gym. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about Illawarra. Recruited really well. Ooh, Gary Clark man. to Illawarra, man. Gary Clark. This guy's a legit NBA player, man, right? We talked about this offline, didn't we, either yesterday or today. And, mate, the way this Illawarra team has built up their roster, I'm really impressed. I mean, they were, you know, wooden spooners last year. They had a lot of bad luck with some of those close losses and that. But... I don't see any reason why this team, you know, could, they could certainly be looking at that top six there. And who knows, Hell even yeah. higher, even higher than the Hell top yeah. six there. So, yeah, I think they've done, you know, shout out to Coach Jacob Jacomas and the, you know, the ownership group there and everything. They've got some quality players in that lineup. But, yeah, Gary Clark, I mean, I think um, um, our man um, Olgan sort of mentioned they were in the DJ Hoke sweepstakes there and couldn't get him. You could almost say this is a ready-made replacement, someone with more of an NBA pedigree than, than what DJ Hoke did, obviously, in um, in Clark there, so yeah, that's it's a it's a great signing for for the Hawks, and they're going to be really fun to watch. Did I hear they had a they're in final talks with a, another next star from yeah, Asia Korea, somewhere? Korea, I think it was. Korea, yeah, yeah. either played in the G League sort of thing, and he'll count as a local player as well, I believe. Yeah, so, because of the I Asian mean, rule. Right? Yeah, and they're rounding out this roster, and even someone like Will Hickey has just come on amazingly in the NBL One East this year, so he'll be you know pressing for minutes there. So they're a deep team as well. They pretty much play all the way down the down the roster there, and they're going to be fun to watch. And this news, Justin, your 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 ex Perth Wildcat yeah. is returning to his old team, Toddy B. Saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good to have that veteran there. We mentioned some of these younger players and stuff on that roster. He does seem like a, a decent team. I'm not sure how much he's got left in the tank, but he may make the Wildcats, you know, eat their words there and, and go in and start filling it up again. But yeah, they're, they're going to be good. Yep. Yeah, me too. Really excited. Hopefully we can have Jacob on the show uh, to discuss the, the roster and how, how everything is going in the preseason, right? Mm, yeah, I'll reach out to him for sure. All right. Like we were going to talk about the COE versus Hills game, the women's game we were at. Um, yeah. How impressive was some of the talent we saw uh, on show on Sunday, Robbie? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, for those that aren't familiar with the name, so it's the Basketball Australia Centre of Excellence, or COE. So, look, there's been – they're playing them on separate days, which is a bit unusual, but they've been two games that have really been on my on calendar, you know, circled and underlined and highlighted just to go and check out some of these younger sort of talents there. So we got to check out, obviously, the, the COE women's team, Woods, and it was it was great you coming down. Um, shout out to Nick, who came with you as well there. Um, yep. And, yeah, look, look – I don't think it was ever expected to be a close game. I think it was 59 points in the end. And, you know, Hills tried their best there. They had quite a few outs as well. But they were super impressive, weren't they, See, They were. Um, very well coached. I had a, a chat with the coach who's, who's leading that team in the under-19s, David Herbert. He was a, a nice guy there. Um, and, yeah, they were just, you know, such a well-drilled team. They were always making that extra pass there. Really good fundamentals. They were doing, you know, full-court traps after every miss, I noticed there. They get into these full-court traps there and just wreaking havoc on defense with their length there. So, um, look, there was girls like um, Juffermans, who I knew was obviously putting up big numbers. The big one for me, and I know she stood out for you as well, was, was Lara Somfire there. So 16 years of age, um, she had 18 points and six rebounds. Um, for those that haven't checked out COE, 
check them out. Um, they've only got one game left, actually, in the regular season, but they will be in finals action there. But she was amazing. So, as I mentioned, 16 years of age. Um, she had that mix of, you know, uh, size and handles and athleticism. She was, you know, drilling around her back, you know, drawing contact and then switching hands in midair and finishing with her left. She was a real standout, wasn't she? Knocking down that open catch and shoot three. Um, a physical specimen, a supreme athlete, high basketball IQ. Yep. At 16, she's got a great future. Absolutely. How do Jada, I, how do... Jada Clark was another one that really yeah. impressed me. She had 17 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. So um, she really filled up the stat sheet there. So, yeah, it just sort of got me even more excited for seeing that COE uh, men's team. I yep. believe they're playing Hills, I think, mid-July. Woods, it's a similar two sort of weeks, deal. I think you said, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks away. So it's that Sunday morning, you know, uh, mid-morning type game like last time. So looking forward to see that. And they're killing it. They're like 19-1, and one, the men's team. They've almost got the the minor premiership wrapped up in that competition. So, And we want to wish, um, I think, six of the girls on that COE women's team that are off to Spain on the 4th of July um, for the under-19s World Cup. So we want to wish them all the best there. And, yeah, come home and bring a, bring a medal. Terrific, terrific. Absolutely. Good luck to the girls. Um, any other NBL1 news you got for us? No, look, it's the last double header for Hills this season. So Hills are playing Central Coast. I was sharing a few messages for a um, friend of ours and, NBL one East expert Jacinta today, just about um, some of the players involved in that game. So really looking forward to, to call that one. And then, yeah, cheering on the, the Hills men are currently seventh and moving their way up the ladder. So they're a very good chance to make finals this year, which would be a huge achievement. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. And, yeah, I'm still continuing to watch some of the other leagues as well and expand my knowledge there. But, no, it's been a great NBL one season for sure. Terrific. What a great product it is. It is. All right. So terrific show today. A lot of content we got through. Um, really exciting um, what the off-season um, holds in store for the NBA, the NBL. A um, lot going on in the basketball world at the moment. So I must say before we close out the show, we are going to take a little bit of a break um, and have our show on probably every fortnight now as we lead into the NBL and NBA preseasons, right? So, yeah. We'll take a couple of weeks off. Maybe after a couple of weeks off, we might need to be back on every week, Woods, to be honest, if we're going to be doing our previews. And I think there's going to be a lot of other stuff. We'll see how we go. Let's see how much news there is. Um, look, obviously, if July 1 starts and there's like 10 players that change teams and, you know, Trey Young gets traded, all these amazing things happen, maybe we will jump it. Yeah, sure. I think we probably need a couple of weeks break there. Um, I know there's obviously, you know, the, the content's probably dropping off a little bit there. So it's probably for a good time for us to get a little bit of a break. But, yeah, we can't wait to, to get back after that break and keep bringing um, all the news. For sure. Absolutely. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about where we can be found, um, all the information. Absolutely. So, yeah, we can be found on, on YouTube. So make sure if you're not already subscribing, you please do so. Leave a comment, leave a like there. Um, you can also be followed on Twitter at throwbackshoops, um, on Instagram, throwback.hoops. Um, email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So as I mentioned when I was talking about these sleeve jerseys here, if you've got any photos of ones that you own there or any comments about them, put them on our socials there. Let us know what you think about them. Um, do you love them? Do you hate them? I'm sure probably not a lot of people are going to say they love them, but interesting to sort of hear some back from some people there and what about yourself there Woods? Look we just appreciate everyone's support like this is almost the end of our you know a season of, of the show and everyone's support throughout the year um, has been amazing over the last year we mm -hmm. thank you um, and we do have a Patreon account so for whoever pledges their support and has done so um, we really appreciate you. 
We should say as well, Woods, you know, obviously not going to have them over these next couple of weeks and we have a break, but we've already got some quality guests lined up for when we're back. And I sort of teased it last week, but, you know, we've got some former NBL All-Stars. We've got some people in the media. We're also going to try and get some people back that have been really sort of popular guests in the past. You know, Definitely. Guys, we mentioned like Jacob Jacomas, um, Matt McQuaid, and some guys that have, you know, been really, um, really great episodes when we've had them on. So can't wait to, to be bringing all that again. Right on, right on. Um, so we will see you in a few weeks. Until then, Robbie, you got any final thoughts for for our audience uh, and our fans? Thanks, John Collins, for your service. And um, yeah, I'm going to get out of this sleeve jersey pretty soon, I think. All right. From the Throwback Hoops family, peace out.